Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we practice talking about our most intimate interactions in an effort to increase communication around sex and improve sex lives everywhere. And my guest today, I am so excited to introduce to you, is Becca. Welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Will you give our listeners a little overview of yourself, generation, what you do in the world, how you identify, etc.? Yeah. Yeah. So I am straight up 90s baby. I'm a Pisces for anyone who's interested in that. February 22nd. Love it. I'm a Pisces moon, so I feel all the feelings. Yes. (laughs) Um, I am, I kind of dabble in a whole lot of things, but I primarily teach yoga. And right now I'm teaching to um, like a recovery facility at a recovery facility. So that's been really cool. I have recently been like it just kind of realized it just settled over me like I was like oh I'm pansexual Mm. like it just really hit me so I you know for the first like 22 years of my life I was like I guess I'm straight I always thought I was different but I was like I guess I'm straight yeah and then I finally was like I'm definitely bi and then over the last year, I've been like, I'm pan. Like, that's why it's been so, so hard for me to, like, mm. narrow it down. So what is it that made it finally click for you? Um, just realizing that I've never been able to, it's never been, like, a specific 
you know, uh, body type or a specific like, um, you know, masculine or feminine trait that I've been drawn to. And, and even whenever I thought there was like a certain type of woman that I was drawn to or a certain type of male, I was like, no, cause yeah. I just didn't fit the bill with this person, even though it did with this. <laughs> and then it just hit me. Like, it's just people's energy. Like I'm either really drawn to their energy or I'm just not. Yeah. And most of the time, if I'm really drawn to people, then being sexually attracted just feels like it, it's just normal with that, mm. if that makes sense. So, Can you explain what it feels like to you to be drawn to someone? Maybe you can't mm. articulate it. I don't know. I don't know if I could, but just if you can. It's like a magnetism. And I kind of go into this thing where I'm just like kind of become – I. it's very easy for me to get consumed with somebody mm. where all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, where did you come from? Yeah. You're so like – you know, and then usually that feeling will sort of, you know, reality comes in a little bit more. But initially, I'm usually very thrown off by this person. Mm. And that doesn't happen for me very often. Um, but when I'm a, when I am attracted to someone, it's like, it's really hard for me to like, come back down to ground for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Um, are you a one person at a time sort of person? Or how do you feel in terms of polyamory, monogamy, all of that? I'm open. Um, I'm currently at a place in my life where I don't think I have more energy for more than one person. I get that. Um, and if the right person came along, then I could totally see that being a thing. Um, but yeah, where I am in my life and I'm a mother and I'm also at this place where I'm really trying to grow my career. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it just wouldn't, fit in for me right now I but I'm totally open in the totally future. get that I do I have like these dreams of some sort of like polyamorous compound where we all like share resources but I'm like wait I I will probably literally never be able to meet that many people to like build a compound with like I'm in right. a compound by myself and just be like hey anyone want to you want to come inside like <laughs> well then you get like the the messiness that is inevitable whenever you have a ton of people yes. and emotions yes, and exactly and I'm someone who I'm like so drawn into the nitty gritty. I'm like, oh, let's get into all the messy mm. emotions. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to yeah. deal with all this. I feel that. So that's the other thing I think. Is I like, get that. Will you give us a little bit of an overview of your early sex life? Like, I guess, where what do yes. you remember first hearing about sex? Oh, gosh. Okay, so my background. I grew up. I don't even know exactly what you would call it other than kind of cult-like. Um, my parents, <laughs> my parents were extremely conservatively religious. So mm. we were actually part of a movement that was known as like the birther movement. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you know what like 18 and counting is. I do not. Um, on TLC um, or like heard of the Duggar family. Basically it's like this, I mean, it virtually was a cult. It was a whole bunch of families that really, they were Christian. They believed that the the church as it is today is actually like the Antichrist. And that, oh. yeah, it's intense. <laughs> and that um, birth control is part of Satan's plan. And that Christians needed to procreate as much as possible in order to take over the earth. Oh. So my really like <laughs> really like so needless to say 
Um, my first experiences with, with sex and, or at least the conversation around sex were just layered in shame, like steeped in it, brewed in it. And there is nothing about it that was good unless you were married and procreating. But sex, even as a pleasurable thing was not even a concept that had really come to me other than like, so I, the first time that I remember masturbating was when I was like seven years old and being like, Oh my God, this feels really good. But also like, so it's gotta be bad because it felt good. So I have a really twisted, (laughs) get ready. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell. it also sounds like you were exposed to those ideas pretty young too. Yeah. It started, I mean, like I said, as soon as I remember being of the age, because one, we never talked about sex, but then whenever we did, it did get spoken about. It was only because like my mom like caught me masturbating one time. And so she had this whole thing about how it was only okay between a man and a woman when they were married and how otherwise basically. And I remember something even kind of being thrown in there that you were like, whenever you were masturbating that you were kind of having sex with the devil. And so I remember, yeah. So I remember being like, Whoa, but then later remember being like, that's kind of (laughs) hot. And then I was like, I'm a really bad person. I totally know what you mean, though. I totally know what you mean. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so, I'm so glad that I can laugh about it now because this has been like the most twisted journey of my life. Yeah, um, that's insane. extracting myself from this. How, um, yeah, what did you do? How did, how did you? <clears throat> Honestly, through years of exposure, I mean, I'll, I'll speed you up to where, I mean, it was a constant battle between me and my parents. I Mm -hmm. was, I was not outspoken about it because in my household, like there was no disagreeing with my my dad. There just was the way he believed and that's it. So, you know, I mean, which this is like a whole nother podcast, but the like fear, like I would go to bed every single night praying that if God did come back, that he would forgive me and take me to heaven. Cause I was convinced I was going straight to hell. Oh my God. So there's like major psychological <laughs> religious trauma yeah. that I had to work through. Um, but I think in a way it was kind of funny because I kind of had this idea that I was such a bad person because I couldn't stop having these thoughts and wanting to be sexual. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in a way I kind of liberate, started liberating myself at home. Cause I was like, well, fuck it. If I'm going to go to hell, I might as well like mm. have a great life while I'm yeah. here. So, um, so whenever I was 18, I was actually kicked out of my home because my parents found out that I had had sex with my boyfriend that I was only supposed to be courting at the time. Oh. We weren't supposed to have any, we were only supposed to be like around people when we were on dates and by people, I mean my siblings and my family. Like, like so, full on chaperone status. Yes. Oh, wow. On. Okay. So, and I was 18. So then they found out that he had been sneaking up to come visit me, like driving two hours and I had been camping out. And our, we owned like 30 acres. Yeah. And so I was camping out. So he was coming up to see me and yeah. I definitely did something similar. Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is a whole dramatic thing in of itself, but it did spur me on because I was so angry about what had happened to me that it was easier for me to kind of step away from to like, so I was like hardcore atheist for a long time, like angry, angry, angry. But I also, because of that, was like, I'm going to explore everything. 
says, fuck all that, you know? So, so I did. So Um, yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about those explorations? (laughs) Also, also just where did you go as an 18 year old? Um, so my boyfriend at the time who literally later that year became my husband, we got courthouse married. Um, and, um, we moved into his dad owned a lot of pecan orchards across the Southeast and he gave him a job there. And we basically lived there with, um, like other farmhands and stuff. Um, until we ended up moving to Auburn and, and as he started his college career and all. So, but yeah, it was, it was very, again, very traumatic. Um, but something that it's been 11 years since it happened. So yeah. yeah, I've made like great strides in getting past a lot of that. But, um, so, so yeah, so the first time I had sex, I always laugh because every time I go to visit my parents, I like ride by the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yep. pretty funny just to think about. Um, so that was a whole interesting experience that I remember just being like, like not being able to get enough of it. So it was like, we're just going to, our first time we're going to have sex. It's going to be one night. That's it. And then it was literally like every single night. So that was how our parents even found out because the odometer on his car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's kind of hilarious. It was. <laughs> Wait, um, did they like catch you during it or how did they No. Okay. 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 No. Um, no, his mom had like checked the odometer on his car and saw that he racked up like over, I don't even know how many miles it was. (laughs) It was a lot of miles. It was like a a thousand miles or something because it's like an hour and a half drive to and then back. So anyways, she called my mom and it was like all hell broke loose. So yeah, that was, but I just still remember feeling like, you know, it was like obviously the conflicting feelings of like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I've like disrupted my family like this. But yeah. then on the other hand, I was like, fuck, I'm getting out of here. Finally, yeah. like I got kicked out. Finally. Yeah. Did he get so, kicked out as well? Not really. He kind of did. Um, but he has he had different issues with his okay. mother. Um, he was also homeschooled and we both had severe religious trauma we had grown up with um but for him it was more like he chose to walk away because he was tired of dealing with that and his dad offered him a place to live so it kind of worked out for for us yeah um so within our marriage we we really like I don't know we explored a lot together um although there was a lot of like back and forth there was a lot of like really expanding and then really retracting and being like, I don't know if this is okay or, Mm. you know, this is cool. And so we hurt each other a lot just because given our situations we had come out of and everything we were trying to figure out about ourselves. But a part of that was we kind of came to this point where, cause there was, you know, like he cheated on me a couple of times. So Mm. I kind of came to this point where I was like, look, I don't really care that you cheated on me. What bothers me is that this was happening, but I wasn't having the same opportunity because yeah. we were each other's first everything. Yeah. So I was like, if you really felt that way, you should have come to me and told me and we could have figured something out. So from there, we decided to try an open marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was a shit show. Like oh. part of it is because our marriage was hanging by a, a strand, you know? So it was like, 
but the other part of it was just messiness and people's emotions. Yeah. And, but at the same time, it was still liberating because yeah. um, we had like specific rules and we had things that we kept kind of um, sacred for us and things that we were gave each other to go ahead with everyone else. Will you share with one, us some of those specifics? Yeah, yeah. So I remember for me, um, I just really didn't want him like hardcore making out. Cause I was like, that was for me, something that felt very intimate. So I was like, you can do whatever, but just like the, Oh, it was specifically after it was like post like having sex too, oh, like yeah. make out all you want. Yeah. But then afterwards, like be a little bit colder. Cause mm. that's my, that's my thing. And he was like, okay. And then for him, I can't remember what it was. I think he didn't want me to do blowjobs or something. And I was like, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give me some <laughs> leeway on that. <laughs> I think we reached a compromise on that, mm. but this was still layered with like so much toxicness. Cause we were both, it was, that was a very toxic relationship yeah. in of itself. Also, how old were you at this point? You were still like 20, oh, gosh. like you yeah, were babies. I was, yes. We were, we were both 21, I believe okay. whenever this finally came about. So, um, honestly, yeah, part so of me that. feels impressed that two 21 year olds are like, let's talk about our open marriage, you know, because yeah. it was just such a brand new idea to me when it smacked me across the yeah. face at 25. And so I'm, I have respect for that. <laughs> I do. I was, I was really proud of us too. I remember both of us being very like intellectually proud of ourselves. Yeah. Like we've got a lot of fucked up stuff in our life, but we've handled this pretty well. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that, that was a lot of the exploring. And I, through that, I really learned a lot about myself. Um, and I started realizing how much I was looking for, um, people outside of me to make me happy or to fulfill me. Yeah. And that was a big thing that I would have never learned having stayed in my relationship and keeping it monogamous. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that was actually kind of something that propelled me towards going through with my divorce because I realized just how toxic the relationship was and what it was built on. Mm -hmm. So but during that time, I also um, got really involved with um, this friend group. And there's still people that are just near and dear to my heart. They were like my chosen family. And um, one of them were still, they're still my best friend. I just saw them recently. But um, they most of them are queer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of them are non-binary. And just hanging out with all of them gave me a safe space to really explore my sexuality beyond just the physical act of sex, but understanding mm-hmm. it as like, you know, being a more fluid thing and being, yeah. you know, intimacy beyond just sexuality. So, and we would go to gay, a gay bar here in town all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of just even dancing helped me really liberate myself sexually. And um, yeah, I just, that was such a, a good time in my life. Um, to clarify a little bit, when you say explored sexually with them, do you mean literally with them or like talking about it and being around different ways Mostly of being? talking about it, but my best friend and I, we would often become the center of attention at the gay bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we would, we would, we would totally go into like putting on a whole show. We'd make out. Uh-huh. And at the time, they're they're explicitly non-binary now yeah um but at the time they identified 
as he, mm-hmm. and they looked much more masculine. Mm. So we had a lot of time, just a lot of fun, just like messing around with people and being like, yeah, we're dating. And <laughs> so there's just a lot of play That's so in our fun. relationship and all of us. Yeah. And we, yeah, we had so much fun together. How did so you meet it, all of those people? I mean, I swear, I feel like the universe was just like, here, you need this because wow. it was, it was basically, um, this person had been in my, um, at the time husband's philosophy class mm. and they kind of got to know each other there. And then we barely had any friends in town at the time and our daughter was having her first birthday. So we invited them over and, um, cause we kind of all identified similarly with like politics and having, you know, um, especially being in the South, mm-hmm. you know, so you really band together because mm-hmm. there is that feeling of being like, the, we're the only ones out here like this that are, you know, think yeah. this way. So, um, but we hit it off then, but we didn't really like hit it off. And then we had moved away for a little bit while my former partner went to law school mm-hmm. and then came back. And then I just randomly saw them because a friend of mine um, was like, Hey, there's a, a queer bar here and they're doing a drag show. Do you want to go? So <gasps> I went, ended up running into them. And uh-huh. then my other friend just like, l- like notoriously always leaves whenever we go to parties <laughs> together. <laughs> I just expect to get abandoned. Okay. Um, but we ended up being together the whole night. And then it was like, they just, we never left each other's side. It was like, we really came into each other's lives just so magically during yeah, that time. So. That sounds- amazingly magical yeah it was really (laughs) and then one of them was literally one of the drag queens and their drag name was Fema and they were performing as a cat and I was like who is that I have to meet them Uh and then yeah basically found out that they worked at a local grocery store and invited them over one night because I was like I don't think (laughs) creepy but are you (laughs) so it was like slowly we just kind of all came together and it was just a beautiful time in my life I'm so grateful for but yeah I attribute so much of my exploration and understanding myself to them because we are each finding our own way and doing it together and it was just very expanding so it sounds incredible to have a sort of companionship for that without being like bound to someone too exactly yeah yeah wow so where where Mm -hmm. where did you go since then Oh gosh. So since then, Sexual, um, sexually, I mean, like <laughs> sexually. Yeah. Well, so during all of that time is when I started being like, I guess I have to be bi cause I'm like attracted to girls, but not all girls, but some mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of started playing around with that. And then it wasn't until I guess 2016 that I had a friend come into my life and she and I were both pretty open and being like, I'm kind of look like we were both, we're both in relationships with men. And we were like, we've kind of got our men, but kind of open for like a girlfriend, someone who's down to like, not have like gets that they won't get my attention all, all the time that yeah. I have a primary partner, but someone to just play around with. And so that friendship sort of fizzled out. I think there was like a different dynamic there. And there was, you know, we both had a different understanding of things, but it was fine. But then I had Can another you, person come wait, into my life. I want to pause yeah. you because I want to hear about the next person. But I think those differences and understandings are so important as I'm thinking yes. a lot about dating and relationships. 
If you could articulate yours and maybe theirs, I know we can't speak for other people, but if you had to guess, yeah. what do you what do you think was the difference? I well, there was I started feeling some tension between us at one point and so I kind of would try to bring it up, mm-hmm. but it never really and I'm I'm not saying that like I was doing it perfectly or anything, but sure. my attempts were not working and then I finally did. I basically was like, hey, if this friendship is going to continue, like, we got to talk about some of these things. And we had never been, like, sexual, but there was definitely a flirtatious vibe to our relationship. And we talked openly about the potential for that, but both knew it was going to, like, have to butt into that. Yeah. But then I started getting really frustrated just because of some of the things that she would say or the ways I felt like I was kind of being not seen. Mm. Um, And... So I wanted to talk about all that. And then it kind of turned into, I don't know. I, I don't know how to go into it without getting too specific, mm-hmm. but basically just kind of confirmed that we were, I think we both totally were on two different pages Got it. and I think it could have been avoided if we had talked about it sooner. I yeah. learned a lot about communication in that relationship, but I also kind of think I learned a lot about myself because we are very similar people, mm. but we're also very different. Yeah. So I think it was one of those learning relationships I feel like those are the things that you just you have to you cannot avoid them but I'm always trying to be like wait what was your experience so that if I ever encounter something similar at Mm. least I it's it's not that mine's gonna be the same but at least I know somebody else experienced something similar or a different version of it or something so I I yeah I definitely think I would if I was ever in a situation like that again like I have learned to just the moment I feel any kind of tension or weirdness I'm just like hey you don't have to make this a thing but what's going on? Yeah. Like I can just, and yeah. we can talk about it. So I love yeah, that. I definitely do that as a, as a thing. now. <laughs> and then when I originally interrupted you, you were about to tell me about a person, another person. Oh yes. So this other person that came into my life, um, we had known each other for a while and we were both really attracted to each other. And it was really funny actually, cause we were both sitting, we were at my house and I had these, all these old playboy magazines from like, <sighs> the 60s do you still have them yes oh where did you get them that's so cool I literally found them at my recycling center in the magazine dumpster will you never get rid of them oh my god never I only use them to collage and even then I'm like is this the collage for this this amazing oh my yes oh my god that's amazing (laughs) it's so cool so we were making collages and I was I was so turned on but I was like like, I've, I don't want to, like, initiate anything. I don't think this is appropriate. We don't know each other that well. And I'm, like, freaking out. Like, I, I'm so, I know everything that I'm doing with men, with women. It's, like, a whole intimidating arena for me uh-huh. where I'm, like, Agree. I do not know if this is appropriate. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. I don't want her to feel like if she turns me down that I'm only sexualizing. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, I, I do. All the things because you know what it's like being a woman and being approached like that. So, yep. So it was so funny, though, because we were sitting there doing collages and then I almost said something, but I was like, no. So I was just kind of like leading in with it, trying not to sound like I was being like, you know, like I'm not trying to manipulate the situation, but I'm like trepidatiously like going there. And then at one point I finally was just like, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to like find a girl that I can explore that area of myself with because I feel like it would be very healing to like, you know. Yeah sexually explore with another woman 
And she just like looked at me and she was like, I'm so glad that you said that because I was so horny outside and I just really. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait. And then did you? Did you? Did that... No, oh. so, I'm so upset. No, we were like, we were so feeling it. But then I think we were going to go meet with somebody else oh. or something came up and we couldn't. And then to th- at this point, we're such good friends that for her, she's kind of like, she's had experiences with friends where then it goes sour after. Yes. So she was like, I value you too much. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm I still do. like, I would be down. I totally, but... oh my God. I <laughs> totally understand that. And I, I yeah, have many completely. friends I've slept with and then I have some people <laughs> and like even recently I've been like, well, and it's been like, oh no, no, no. And I'm like, oh <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. never mind. That's That's fine, sorry, okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I'll disappear now for the rest of forever. You know, it's like, <laughs> Oh, that's my yeah. life. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Let me just go hide under a rock for yeah. for a year. Uh, no, I love her though because we can. I can explicitly say whatever it is I'm saying oh, or love I'm thinking, and she like gets me. And even if things get weird, I I attribute it. We're both Aquarius moons, so we mm. can both be very detached and not have to be too emotionally involved. That's great. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. So will you tell us a little bit about some experiences you've had that have been really nourishing? Or have you Mm -hmm. at this point slept with a woman or anything like that that, that's worth sharing? I have, but it was in an instance where both of us, so it was while I was in the open relationship, and both of our partners were really pressuring us. Oh, so like, so it was really, I was really down and she was really, and we're still friends. Okay. She's one of my good friends. We Great. really get each other. Um, but at the time we were both so shy and I think, and we've talked about it since. And we were like, if we were by ourselves, I think it would have been a totally different vibe. Cause we were both really getting into it with each other, mm-hmm. but neither of us were attracted to the other's partner. Yep. So that was like the weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. And, and so I think we were both, and we were both like realizing that we were having whole experience, but we were just like, like they were just watching us and yeah. it just killed the vibe. Yeah. 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 So, but I did really enjoy that. And I just, I remember being like, that was my first thing of it going off because before I was like, I guess I'll go down on a woman because 
that would be like a turn on for my partner, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. but then I was like, oh, this like, is amazing because I know what I'm doing. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you? Okay. So you felt like you knew what you were doing a little more because I didn't. I was like, I know mine, but I don't know this one. This one's a stranger. Like, what was yeah. that like for you? I felt really empowered. It also simultaneously scared me because of how masculine I felt. And I wasn't comfortable being in my masculine at the time. So while I was really turned on, on the other hand, I had really grown up with the idea, like anytime that I was really masculine at home growing up, like I asserted myself or I was like outspoken, which I am as a person, I I was constantly reinforced how unattractive it was, how Mm. unladylike it was. So that was like a weird mental block for me to get past because yeah. I remember being really turned on and being really assertive with her, but then being like, does she think I'm ugly while I'm doing this? You know, like that oh. was the thing is like picturing myself as like this, like really unattractive person, like hovering over her or something. I feel and like she it was like a definitely mental... didn't think that. <laughs> she told me later <laughs> she was into it. So I was like, I'm really glad that we. Yeah. So that was a weird mental thing to get past. Um, Does that still come up for you? The masculine feelings? At times. Well, because Aquarius and Leo are technically both masculine signs. Yeah. But like Pisces is so feminine and receiving. Yeah. Yes. I think it's, I think there's those aspects that have played into it a little bit, but I definitely think there's so much of my, like I said, my upbringing, obviously, that just, you know, it's a whole mind fuck to get past. Mm-hmm. But that's for me, like part of the sexual exploration has really helped me feel safe and get past so much of that of realizing, you know, in yeah. a safe context, how to get past that. So, cool. but yeah, so that was my main, my other experience was, oh my God, this is like the bane of my existence. This is my most <laughs> embarrassing sex story. Okay, great. Yay. <laughs> get ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> it's so bad. As soon as I say this, you're going to be like, oh, it was a couple we met on Craigslist. <laughs> it was a couple on Craigslist. Yes. I'm just like, in the South, you know, it's so hard. Like, you don't just walk up to people and be like, yeah, we're in an open marriage. You guys right. want to like, like swing sometime? You yeah. Know? So we, we put this on Craigslist and this couple advertised themselves as being like 20 years younger. What? It was a nightmare. Yeah. And then when they showed up my ex was kind of into the woman and I was definitely not into the man, oh. but I was not outspoken enough at the time to be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not feeling this. And so it happened. And I was just like mortified the entire time. And I was more into it with the woman, but it was such a weird vibe because it was, it was just a weird experience. I won't even, I don't want to like body shame or anything, but I just remember that, her boobs were fake and they kept hitting me in the face and they were like hard like bricks and the whole thing was just really dramatic for me because I was like what is happening what is happening but at the same time I was like oh that's that's what it would feel like to have fake boobs okay I was like I'm gonna intellectually whoa Okay, but that's like out of a sitcom. Uh, it was really bad. It was really bad. Whoa. Uh, oh um, my if, God. If, if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like you've had two foursomes. Should we call them foursomes? Yeah. Double couples? Yeah. Just based on these two stories. What? Yeah. It, okay, so these don't sound like necessarily ideal experiences, but what? No. <laughs> have you had any ideal ones? <laughs> like yes okay yes I have well not foursomes 
The four opens were always worse. You set a timer. Is it supposed to be intuitive? I feel like intuition can get tricky. Like, yeah. is it is it like very swappy? Is everyone touching? I know it can be a million different ways, but I'm just always curious yeah. about. Well, I would definitely participate in it very different at this point in my life. You know, at the time I was kind mm. of like letting my partner run the show. <gasps> Will you talk and... about your ideal? Yeah. Talk about your current, what you would do this Ooh. time. Yeah, ideal. Honestly, I would love, I would love a foursome with just other women. And like, it would be (laughs) really fun for me to, well, foursome with just other women, but also it'd be really fun to have a foursome and include my partner Mm. and just all of us focus on him. To me, that would be like, I would love that. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I love the idea of just like being the center of attention. So I would love to give that to him. Yeah. Um, and as far as couples, couples are always tricky to me because unless you know the couple really well and you know that there's not some weird power struggle in their relationship yeah. and because I've been that girl, I know how much that can create major. And I'm like, I never want to be that girl for somebody else. You know what I mean? Wait, like I like never want to be that. As a third or as the part of the couple? Well, like as, as a third, like as yeah. someone who comes in and like there's a weird dynamic yeah. and yeah. Yeah, I still participate, you know, like I would never, because yeah. um, I think back to some of my experiences and I'm like, if I was that woman that came in the situation, I'd be like, nope, see, yeah, <laughs> this is not, I'm, this is not the, the dynamic. Totally. <laughs> um, my great experience, though, was um, whenever we one time had a threesome and included another guy mm-hmm. and he was a younger guy who was an attractive college guy and, and he was super into me and having both my partner at the time and his attention all on me yeah and then both like there were times where they were almost not fighting over me but I could tell they were both kind of like okay it's my turn <laughs> I was like I'm loving this <laughs> this is the way it's amazing. <laughs> what will you paint the picture of some of the shall we say configurations that you experienced that night? Like what was it like yeah. with two dudes? I would love to be with two dudes. I've not achieved I... that yet. <laughs> or actually, I mean, that's not strictly true. I haven't I haven't had penetrative sex with two men in the in a in a prison. Mm, yeah. I so was be- I was being penetrated and then I, ha- I was also like simultaneously sitting on one of their faces and that was really hot for me whoa wait so I'm trying to think about <laughs> geometry <laughs> which way were you facing who was you were so I was like crouched over one of them and their face kind of so I was like sitting back on their oh, face wow. while being fucked and That's it was so it was hot. really hot and I think I was like once in a while going down on them but it was also so it just like stimulating yeah. that I was like yeah like so many the things. whole time that yeah I was just awesome. like yeah it was great wow. it was a really great experience and like I said there's just something to the dynamic of everything flowed because they were both so into it yeah that awesome. it was one of the best experiences <laughs> glorious <gasps> <laughs> so that was really I can't really remember what else happened other than I mean that was the main thing that I remember and that was like gosh that was like eight years ago or something Mm. so it's been a minute but Mm. I definitely still remember that (laughs) nice I mean that's that's pretty unforgettable Um, (laughs) it was 
What's just, okay, aside from like crazy numbers of people, what are just some of the things that you love about sex? <laughs> I love how quickly human you can become if the other person's willing to be human. You know, like mm. if you're willing to go there, it's like all the insecurities, all the math can come off. Yeah. You know, and that was something that I learned a lot through all these experiences was that you can also keep all the masks on. Sometimes in sex, all the masks come even more, you yeah. know, but my, the, my, like some of my most deeply transformative, transformative moments have been hooking up with a stranger where all of a sudden I had this projection of who they were. And then during sex, the mask comes off mm. and I don't know, it's, it's really healing to just kind of share that energy with someone. Um, but like I said, when they're doing it from this really authentic, vulnerable place, I don't know. I think if that's the case that you can't walk away from that exchange, not being changed or thinking about things differently or, or people differently. I know a lot of my generalizations about men or certain cultures, you know, it all kind of like, I became aware of them and I also became aware of the truth yeah. at the same time. Um, I'm an eighth house son. So ah, <laughs> eighth house spicy son. That is. Yep. Yep. I'm here. I'm, I'm like, you. let's get metaphysical with it. Let's transcend this yeah, world. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that for me is probably the biggest straw to sex and, you know, just like really wanting to get to know someone on a really deep level. I have a follow-up question because I think that that is something that perhaps an eighth house Pisces son is capable of bringing out of other people. What do you think needs to be in place Mm. for those of us who those skills don't come naturally to? Because literally I was in a group recently, like a situation sitting next to a stranger and I turned to them. I was like, so what do you like to talk about with strangers? And they were so put off by my like explicitness. Cause I was like, I got this tool explicitness. Like I'll just use it everywhere. And in that moment I was like, Oh, that was not the right thing to say to this person. And he like <laughs> did not want to speak for the rest of the night. And so it's, I'm just becoming aware because I'm like, ah, this podcast, just talk about everything explicit. Perfect. <laughs> but I'm learning that that's not <laughs> most of the time, the best way without some sort of frame ahead of time. So um, how do you draw people out, particularly in a sexual way? Or how do you become okay? What do you think needs to be in place with if they aren't drawn out? Yeah, I don't I think that's such a good question. I, I think in part, something that people have always told me is that they feel safe with me. And so I think it's not a conscious thing, but that or, you know, I've often thought due to my upbringing, I've always made it a point to make sure other people feel safe because I was such an anxious person growing up and I know what can make anxiety tick. So I would hear certain people like, you know, say certain things or, you know, innocently enough, but understand how if you're an anxious person, that would like can be too much. And so I think I've just been really attuned to, I'm very attuned to people's body language. Mm -hmm. So if I can tell that they're, you know, seem a little bit, what's the word, um, kind of like stilted or just like not frozen, but you know, when you kind of, the kind of clunkiness in the body, when you can mm-hmm. tell someone's not totally just like comfortable and stiff in their body. Mm-hmm. So there was 
a lot of times I honestly took a lot of pride in being able to kind of slowly draw people out of their shell, but usually it's like paying attention to the senses. And again, it's not something that's like so much happens on an intellectual level as like instinctually and intuitively for me. So usually, you know, I was really good about communicating. Is this, is this good for you? You feel good? Do you feel okay? And you know, a lot of like touch that was just intimate without having to be sexual. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like touching the face or touching shoulders or like a reassuring hand on the back or something. And also like giving them space. Yeah. And actually it's funny that you bring this up because I remember one of my hookups so funny. It was some guy in one of my history classes and I go to his house and think it's going to be this mind blowing sex. And I end up just holding him all night. He cries to me about his mom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But it was, it was really sweet. Yeah. But that was one of those experiences again, where I was like, cause he was like a really wealthy kid Yeah. and you know, had everything that you could yeah. imagine. And then I'm laying, I'm laying there that night naked holding him while he's crying to me about his mom. And I was like, lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Did you guys hang out again after that? You know what? I don't think we really did. I think I saw him a, a test in our class later that week, and then I would randomly see him places but he was always fine. Like yeah. he never was like weird about it. But after that, we just kind of like naturally took a little bit of a distance. Yeah. So, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Today, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter with one being shameless <laughs> and 10 is super full of shame, where do you think you fall and why? Ooh, I feel like I ask myself this every day. <laughs> Um, I would say, wait, so 10 was like shameless. Is that what you said? Uh, 10 is super shame. Oh, I don't know. I made up numbers. Okay. One, one is like, that works for me. Yeah. 
no shame. <laughs> I would say I'm, I probably hover somewhere between a four and a two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, I think. Yeah. Are you able to notice like what causes shifts? Because I know that mine's usually related to like money, sleep, and how well fed I am. Like, like depending, like those things, I'm just like noticing more and more that like those, th- and like my work, like how I'm feeling workload wise, yeah. which is like a stress thing, specifically no, related to shame, not just the mm-hmm. turn on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what you said, because I know for me, if I'm in a not mentally well state, which I'm probably not going to be if I haven't had much sleep and I'm not yeah. eating well and I'm stressed about money. Yeah. Um, those are three, <laughs> yeah. three things to the anxiety rabbit hole. Right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think those things contribute. And I definitely think, um, depending on how much contact I'm in with my parents, it triggers mm. up a lot for me, yeah. which is, I think, understandable. Totally. Um, and then any sort of, I'm a very, I am like, I consider myself very open-minded spiritually. Um, but I've had to distance myself from a lot of spiritual thought leaders, even people that are kind of like more new agey and stuff, just because it is very hard to differentiate between the religious trauma and the spiritual, is this my spiritual self Yeah, for me? Yeah. Um, that's been a, a big journey. So I actually recently like within the last year kind of went back down the rabbit hole of questioning a lot of things that I've come to see the, or like the lens I've come to see the world through and, and ended up unfollowing a lot of people on Instagram that Mm -hmm. had previously been like new thought leaders for me because I was just like, I don't know if they're shaming or like, I'm feeling a lot of shame whenever I read their posts, you know? So, and, and then I was like, is that good for me? And so then I was like, Oh, it's gotta go because my mental health is starting to suffer because of this. So so yeah, I think limited social media is another. I was gonna thing. say Instagram's the strangest place. <laughs> it it's is so strange. It's so strange. It is. Um, what uh, is sex life with kids? What is sex like when you have kids? <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Very different, different. <laughs> good. I think I have to leave that in. <laughs> Cool, good. Love it when questions pop into my head and I say I'm so good. I love it. <laughs> when you have children, how is your sex life affected? And it sounds like your children have you had them for a while, so you have some. Yeah, my old. <laughs> so good. My oldest is ten, and my youngest is about to turn eight in like mm. a week. Um, so. You know, initially when they were younger, it was it could be a nightmare at times, especially because like when they were younger, it was when I was much more experimental. Like right now, yeah. I've been in a virtually monogamous relationship for five years. Hmm. Um, and even though we're open, like I said, it just hasn't been time or yep. person or whatever. Yeah. So but the first couple of years of their life was when I was more exploring things. And so that definitely there was a lot of shame for me then. Cause I was like, Oh, what kind of parent am I? If You know, even though they were totally, you know, they weren't there right, when those right. situations happened, you know, like not even at the same house, like they weren't even sleeping in the room across the hall or anything like they yeah. were not there. And 
you know, had nothing to do with it, didn't know any of the people, you know, it still was really hard for me. Plus being a young mom, you know, like there's a lot of stigma with that. So I definitely grappled a lot with all of that. But like I said, I feel like on one hand, it kind of made me more like just having to buckle down and be like, fuck everyone. Cause I know why I'm doing this yeah. and <laughs> why, you know, what the benefit is. And so that was weird as they've gotten older, honestly, I love being a parent. And I love having kids because it has been such a source for me to heal myself mm. because when they start coming to me with questions about sex or the very fact that they do. Yeah. And I can be like, and we've gotten, I've like found the most like positive books I can find that explain sex and not just sex, like as a mechanical function, but like for pleasure. That's amazing. And being able to talk about this with them and you know, my daughter is already at this place where she's, I mean, we openly talk about like, if you partner with a boy or a girl, you know, and they openly talk about that, like, it's, it's so just freeing for me mm-hmm. to see how naturally it comes to them whenever there's yeah. not something telling them how to be, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so even, you know, whenever they come to me with a question and sitting there talking through it, it's like in a way. I almost feel like I'm reparenting myself because I'm like, I would never shame my child for this. So when I'm sitting there listening to myself, not shaming my child, but understanding and explaining or whatever it is and being like, Hey, by the way, this is normal. And it's normal to have questions. Don't feel bad. Like always talk to me. You know, I was like to be able to do that is so healing for me. So I don't know, like I don't really have any complaints and we have a great co-parenting situation set up. So when they're at their dad's, we can be as loud and freaky as we want That's here. That's amazing. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Will you tell us a little bit about that loud freakiness? Also, yeah. like we haven't even talked about blowjobs. We talked about going down on chicks a little bit, but like, yes. can we start with blowjobs? Yes. Usually, well, okay. So what I really like, I love whenever he gets really aggressive with me mm. and just like grabs my head and. I can tell he's just like super into it, but I love when he holds my head and just basically fucks my face. I'm like, yeah, I love that. I also sometimes, not always, I'm very, I'm like a very moody sexual person. Like some days I'm like, just baby me. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just need you to treat me right the whole time. And then other days I'm like, be so rough with me. Like, you know, while you're fucking my face, I just want to be drooling all over. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be so nasty. And yeah, I, I kind of like the versatile, just like whatever I'm in the mood for. And sometimes yeah. I'm just in a really raunchy mood. <laughs> I love that. Do you say that explicitly ahead of time or is it just like cues and stuff and you guys yeah. know each other? Sometimes with cues, but most of the time it's pretty explicit. Like, what are you in the mood for tonight? And and then even we'll like start negotiating sex midday. I'll be, I'll text him and be like, Hey, I'm really turned on. I don't know if I will be tonight still, but I'm really turned on right now. And this is how I want to fuck tonight. And we're usually on the same page. Yeah. And if we're not, then we find out a way to compromise and make it work. And if we're not at all, then we're like, how about we just give each other a massage and watch a movie? That's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. How did you guys find each other? That is magic. Um, do you identify as kinky in any way or just, you just like, like rough things? Like what is, how do you? Yeah. Well, he's the, so my partner now is the one that really got me into kink. Like I, I kind of started dabbling in it with my previous partner, but it was 
more again with the layers of toxicness. So there were times where it got really rough and I felt like it was borderline. Like, are we playing right now or is it for real? You know, so it started to get a little weird. So, but I've always been interested in that, but it, my former partner also wasn't a very dominant person. So, and I am, so the dynamic was not good between us because it was like, I needed him to dom me, but he didn't know how to do it. I hear you. Yeah. It was not working. (laughs) I've definitely been with dudes that are like, I want to dom you. And I was like, but you're not, but you're not like, you won't, you actually, you literally want to be like, and, and these men would like take. Like, I would be so mean. And I finally was like, I don't like this dynamic. Like, I'm being yeah. mean to you because you're, like, responding really well to it. And that's it. And they're like, well, I don't like it. And I was like, I don't like it either. <laughs> like, let's quit. <laughs> this is not working for us. Yeah. If you want to be a dumb, <laughs> you have to be a dumb. <laughs> you have to be a dumb. <laughs> no, my partner now is naturally a dumb. And mm. it works really good, too, because in in our everyday life, he is still a very, like, um alpha presence mm-hmm. but he's also a very compassionate person yeah. a very gentle person <sighs> but in the bedroom it's like that gives him the free pass and i'm like finally i can stop being in control yes yeah i love that but then there's other times where i'm kind of bratty and i love being like no i'm in control and he's like no you're not and he'll get <laughs> with me and like shove my head down or something and i really like that too yeah um but yeah he definitely got me really into kink he also oh i love this he got me super into or he had this thing with my feet mm-hmm. and it's apparently something that he's had for most of his life but it was like our relationship was the first time he really had explored it mm-hmm. and I loved it because I remember even as a kid looking at my feet and being like my feet are so pretty like I just want someone to appreciate how pretty yes. my feet are. Like, why is oh that gosh. a thing yeah <laughs> so I always painted my toenails and always like made a big deal and I and now it's so funny because I look back and I'm like oh I totally did have this thing about like my feet were like I felt like they should be given attention yeah so he was the first relationship that really explored that so that was a huge turn on for me was like having someone just really like kiss my feet and really go into this like worship can you give us details of what that's like for those of us who haven't had I've done a little bit of foot play but never with someone who like explicitly was in defeat Yeah. Well, I know for me the first time, and he had not really explicitly told me about it at the time, Mm -hmm. but I just remember one time that I was like lying on my back and I had my legs up over his shoulders and he was fucking me. And then at one point he just kind of grabbed my leg down off the shoulder and started kissing my feet. And it was literally like this aura that just came over me of being like, I felt like I was being like, served yes and I was like next dimension where I was just kind of it it was like very transcendental and I was just like and I remember we were still on this on the same brain waves that I just said I get now why you like serving me and it was like we had never had this talk before but he knew what I was saying and he was just like "Mm -hmm." and we were like so turned on it was like the point where like if one of us had just like touched each other the right way it would have been like both of us coming because it was like so insane oh my god yeah so that was I was just like man it it like totally changed the way that I viewed sex from that point on because it was so transcendental and and I think it was the first time I really allowed myself to fully receive just being served and not feeling like I needed to perform or you know give back in some way but just sit there and receive I was like holy shit like that's a fucking gift (laughs) 
Yeah. Fl- literally. <laughs> literally. What? Literally. <laughs> is there is there anything that you want to explore that you have yet to venture into I definitely want to I've like really wanted to go to a king convention I feel like that would just be really cool I want to just go and witness yeah and I'm definitely into I think I'm definitely into voyeurism because the Mm -hmm. idea of just watching other people have sex is really a turn-on but it's also not something that I feel like I would necessarily be turned on by at the time. Hmm. It's more like something that I'm just like, I'm curious. Like yeah. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I mean, who? I may be very turned on, but I feel like in a way I would be kind of be like, this is interesting. <laughs> Sometimes I can curious. get so fascinated just watching that yeah. I like forget yeah. my own bodily experience or it's almost like a separate thing. And then like later remembering yeah. it, I yeah. think like, because I haven't, let's see. I've watched people have sex in threesome situations and that's very yeah. hot. And then like yeah. one time I was in a cage while my master, my ex-master was fucking a woman that had come to join us. And that was so <laughs> that like that was hotter than I could possibly have imagined. Yes. And in that instance, I was super duper turned on. Um, but that was like a specifically designed for me yeah. scenarios. So it was like the whole thing. And the one time I was at a play party, I didn't see anybody fucking, but I watched some like BDSM scenes happening. And that was more like mental and in my head and just being like, hmm. And also, I'm not sure that I enjoy watching other people get hit in real life. Yeah. It's like there's like something about it where I'm like, no, I like the feeling of it. And like the visual is not what does it for me. (laughs) So (laughs) That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that. But the BDSM scenes are very interesting. And that I feel like the whole time I would be like, hmm, so what's their story? Like, yes. I wonder what drives yeah. their interest in this. Yeah. And like, what part of that them is that satiating? Yeah. Because I've had to really go into that in my own exploration of kink. Because obviously, coming from the household that I did, I was spanked very frequently. Oh, into yeah. an age where I think the last time that I was spanked was when I was like 13. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah it was. So I've definitely been like, this is fucked up and yeah. I'm into kink. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> so that's been a really interesting thing. So, yeah, I feel like I would be really just curious to to see others. Yeah. Um, But you saying that about watching your former master, um, that's something that's a huge turn on for me is the thought of my partner now with other women oh I have a question Um, about the thing you said earlier like the vague fantasy about having maybe like four women focusing on your partner do you imagine that you would be sort of like in a femdom role telling them what to do oh I love that yeah that would be so cool I would love that and I feel like you'd have to find the perfect group of women yeah who yeah. wouldn't be threatened by me being in control? No, I feel and would like also be you, respected. You I feel know like if mean? you get a good group of like submissives or switches or just people that are like, no, I'm down to fuck. Like, I think <laughs> my version of this is that like you're talking and the women are just like silent, and so it's like this kind yes. of almost like a priest, like a high priestess of yes. fucking. I don't know. This is the fantasy that's I playing love, out in my head right I now. Love- collab. Is it okay to share <laughs> that? Like, is that? Yeah. Did I, I don't. Sometimes in my life these days, I'm like. Am I saying too much? Is this, do I stop talking now? I don't know what to. No, <laughs> all things are a go with me. I feel like all on this podcast, I'm like, this is my sex podcast. I can share yes. my sex fantasies. That's what it's for. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you no, have other, so other fantasies that you like, or just off the top of your head or like things like that, that maybe, maybe you wouldn't even actually do them, but just 
fantasies that are arousing to you? <laughs> I'm, let's see. I don't know. I'm, I'm currently going through a phase where just like the idea of what turns my partner on is really arousing for me, yeah. which is new because I think due to all of my other relationships, baggage that was like a big thing for me is like feeling threatened in those situations but I've worked so hard to get through all of that that now I'm in this phase where it doesn't feel threatening anymore so I'm like yay that's awesome again so that's great I also I just want to say I feel like that for me can from where I'm sitting at least tell me if it's different to you I feel like Mm -hmm. the result of that kind of calming of like oh now I can like enjoy whatever he wants like I'm allowed to enjoy that I feel like that is something that comes when you have a really responsible ethical dom like that for or like or like someone who can hold their own space in this way that's just like where you don't have to do the work for them you can just like you can actually like enjoy the things that if they're a shitty person then the rest of the time you're like no Mm -hmm. I have to teach you a lesson now but it's like when they do their own work then you get to just like (sighs) Be, a fu- be the fu- I get yeah. to just then be the fucking whore that I want to be. Like that's yes, exactly. like, in the most literal <laughs> sense. Like exactly. that's sometimes I just want to be that. So okay. yeah. Well, anyway. No, I'm so-, <laughs> I'm so on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think that to me is a testament to him too, because exactly that. Like I don't feel threatened. I just feel like it's a safe yeah. place to explore again. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a great place to be in a relationship. So other than that, like I, I do have, I think I kind of, the other thing for me is the reverse fantasy of that. Like I would love to be in control of a group of men. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, such a Leo rising fantasy, right? (laughs) Have all these people drooling. (laughs) Yes. It's perfect though. Like come to me. I have a fifth house son, so I just that's the only Leo. Like I have a fifth house son and Venus in Taurus. I'm like, please touch me. I love touches. All the pleasure, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Butt stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm totally down for it. However, this might be TMI, but probably mm-hmm. not. But I also always have like digestive stuff happening mm-hmm. where I feel like my digestive system. It's like good and on track, yeah. but you know how wonky it is. Like if you oh, feel yeah. like you have to poop and you haven't pooped all day, then you're like, nothing is going. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. My partner and I have been so down to try, but we haven't in our whole time just because neither of us have been aligned on the same yeah. page with that every single time that I'm feeling ready for it. Totally. So I know one day it's going to happen, but it's not, neither of us, I don't think we feel like we're missing anything enough to yeah. really make it happen. That's you know? totally, I totally but know. we both want it to happen. And sometimes we're really in the mood <laughs> for it, but then it's just like, sorry, it's really hot to think about, but it's not happening tonight. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I do feel very grateful to my ex-master because I don't think mm-hmm. I would have become like I don't know what do I say like a a butt slut connoisseur like I feel like I do appreciate it in this way that I wouldn't have if I hadn't been submissive to a dom who was like really into it because because I every time he you know I always had the option and there were definitely nights where I was like and that's enough for tonight let's call red on that and let's switch holes you know after some washing um but it was like through the regularity of it, I started to get, because I knew how much he liked it, which kind of goes back to what yeah. you were saying. It created this sort of like taboo, delicious, yes. like form of arousal that I yes. literally 
three years ago could never have imagined being related to my asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> ever. So, okay. <laughs> I love that. Every time I think about anal or doing anything but related, I every single time have the quote on forgetting Sarah Marshall come to mind where he says something to the effect of, I just don't understand <laughs> why God put the playground so close to the sewer system. <laughs> I don't know why that comes to mind every single time. I have not watched that movie since I like had so much anal sex. I feel like I have a full new appreciation for it. So actually in my previous relationship, I did have quite a lot of anal sex. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's weird to me that, well, it's not really weird to me now that it's like a whole thing to access that. But there's been so much like intentional healing of my body that I feel like yeah, there's just been a lot more concern about that than actually yeah. having anal. Yeah. Um, but it definitely was like the first time it happened, I didn't even realize that he had actually even penetrated me. And I was like, or like anally. And I was like, wait, what? And then we were both just shocked that because we had tried it previously really? and it was too much pain. And I was like, I can't like, let's give it some time. Like I'll get there eventually. And then it just happened we were in the shower and it just happened. And I was like, oh, and we were both just like laughing. And you're like, you're in my butt. <laughs> and neither of us knew how it happened or how I was so receptive. I think that I had had a little bit of wine and I was just in a really great mood. And yeah, so I yeah. guess my asshole was just so ready. There have been, I've had, di- I had, I've had days where it was like, no, 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 give me, give me. And I was like, what? And then other days where I was like, fuck this. Nope. Nope. Like, okay. Yeah. I yeah, will, totally. I will obey my butthole. Okay. <laughs> it's a whole mind of its own. A whole, yeah. whole mind of its own. <laughs> oh, God. So good. Okay, so if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex mm. advice, what would it be and what age or ages would you pick? Mm. Hmm. I think I would go back to 21-year-old me. And I would tell her to be an advocate for what she wants, basically, to not be ashamed. Um, and that if she's going to participate in sexual situations, that, you know, stating what she needs and what works for her and what isn't working for her is best for everyone in the situation. Oh, I wish I could just like blast that over a loudspeaker. <laughs> Lovely. Mm. Would you like to ask me a sex question? Ooh, if there's an experience that you would recommend to everyone. Ooh, this is a good question. <laughs> Does it have to actually exist? But let's see. No, yeah, I think, I think it should be an experience. Okay, okay I'm, first I'm going to tell you the fantasy that just popped into my head. I, it. I think it's a sex zoo. Does that exist? Not yet, but like an aquarium, like an aquarium, like it's glass, it's thick glass. So it's like not like bars where you can like hear. It's like you just see it. That would actually be a really cool installation. And then like when the audience walks through, there's like there would be like different lighting and sound cues as people are just like fucking, and maybe it'd be choreographed. Okay, I can't actually (laughs) recommend that to anyone because I I don't think that exists outside of my brain. I will buy tickets when it becomes a thing. Oh, my God. I have so many weird ideas like that that I want to just birth into existence. Yes. Um, 
I recommend, this is something that I feel confident in recommending to everyone. Even, well, okay, maybe not everyone. Okay, I'm sure there's some people out here who wouldn't like this. I think it's so delicious to slowly take your time when you're with a partner's body Mm. to just touch every inch of it. And like, Mm -hmm. genitals last touch every inch in a way that is sensual but not not at all goal oriented Mm. and that is something that I just want everyone to experience because it's that slowness and that for me the buildup that that creates when I am just being truly touched and looked at I think also looking at people is another Mm -hmm. thing even in a daily way like I got on an airplane last week and I was like I realized that I was like looking at too many people like because they were like looking back at me and I was like okay (laughs) look faster don't like I had this in this experience of like oh man I wish I had sunglasses no you can't be a fake blind person (laughs) just to stare at people like I and I was just like okay well but I could feel that I really just wanted to like take in the faces of everyone and I think particularly for me with casual relationships not that I've had one lately but I am on the verge I made an okay cupid profile last night that I haven't finished (laughs) um so I'm like thinking still slowly about dipping a toe into that water of how disconnected we can remain like you talked about the mask Mm. coming off of people I've let that mask stay in place because I'm like oh I don't want to pry I can see it's there oh I guess I'll just leave it and so Mm -hmm. I think for me sometimes just looking is the initial like really looking like deeply looking and sometimes I Mm -hmm. feel too shy to even do that even with people when I photograph them nude it's bizarre to me because it's like I'm looking I'm making a pretty picture, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't fully have permission to like mm-hmm. gaze. So I think, I think looking and touching are my, are, mm. are my recommendations. I love that. I feel like if we could embrace that too, you got me thinking like now I want to teach my girls that when they start yeah. exploring sexually, just because I feel like it, it also trains you to realize how much of culture has programmed you to think that you are sexually turned on by a specific set of things rather than even taking in the whole person. And even like you saying genitals last, because I, that's something that with my partner now, like we've slowed down so much in sex and just like, I'm really like his thighs are so sexy to me. And that's something that I would have never really paid much attention to in my previous relationships because it was so much about looking a specific way, performing a specific way, making specific sounds in order to be sexy. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't even like really truly like put a a category on what turns you on once you start really exploring, because you're like, it's that, it's almost like it's the elusive quality of like whatever that is. But yeah, you won't get in touch with that if you're, if you never really step outside of of what society has told you being sexual is. Yes. Well, and I, my experience was so much of my life. I was like, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not a sexy person. 
Mm -hmm. I'm too silly or weird or playful. I'm much too playful to be sexy Mm. is is the message that I like. I know it's so silly. Um, But that even comes up for me still sometimes because I'm like, I like wiggle online every day, like live stream. And literally yesterday as I was doing this, like I did three minutes of wiggling and I got like flooded with shame like halfway through. And I was just like, oh my God, nobody's ever going to love me if I wiggle. And immediately (laughs) I was able to be like, that's an insane thought. But it's like so real. Yes. And so it's like, yeah. like <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I, yeah. yeah, I feel you. Oh my God. Thank you for this wonderful time. What a wonderful, yes. delicious conversation. Thank you for sharing <laughs> all of your really, truly wild experiences. I am so inspired by <laughs> the way that you have like taken care of yourself in this life. It's really incredible. Uh, I'm so happy to know that you are creating a platform for this kind of stuff to get destigmatized because it's yeah. like it's happening it's happening so why aren't we talking about yeah. it and I think we can and all like, make it God. happen together yes. like yeah yeah and for my children to grow up listening to this kind of stuff yes. instead of uh, that's what I what want. a different world yeah yes yeah uh do you want people to be able to find you on the internet yeah sure okay would you share your info yes so my Instagram which is where I'm at most of the time mm-hmm. is Becca Turner. Can you spell it's, that for us? Yes. B E K A H T U R N E R. Perfect. <laughs> ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.